Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. We've been in Galatians for 13 weeks, and now we're at this portion that is the most famous part of Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm so excited about this section that I'm going to skip it for today. (laughs) We're going to come back in the new year, kicking off right at the beginning of January, and we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you've seen the big billboard that we have on Highway 7, the fruit of the Spirit is coming in 2019. You can display it in your life before then, but we'll talk about it in 2019. As we pick it up in Galatians chapter 6, we're going to see this spirit-filled community in action. And what we're going to see in Galatians 6 in our portion today is we're going to see a two-part thing going on right now. Bearing one another's burdens and hindrances to bearing one another's burdens. We're going to see what does it look like to bear one another's burdens and hindrances to bearing one another's burdens. And once again, it's going to take all of you corporately and all of you personally. And I hope you're ready for this because it's going to be good. So let's jump in. Bearing one another's burdens, chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. When a brother or sister is caught in a trespass or a sin, the community of spirit-filled believers is to restore them. The idea is when a person is caught in a trespass, it's like a bone out of place. When my daughter Jordan broke her arm, it wasn't pretty to look at. It was out of place. It needed to be put back into place, just like in spiritually speaking, when someone is caught in a sin or a trespass. They need to be restored. But this restoration, we are told, is to happen with the spirit of gentleness. If a brother or sister is busted in sin and they are repentant, you need to be gentle with them and patient with them and help to restore them. I remember once we were working with a woman who was caught up in sexual morality so much to the point where she got pregnant. It was obvious to all, but she was repentant and broken, and we worked with her and brought her through love and grace and acceptance in the community in her repentance. Wow, before that, there was a, a man in our church, young guy who just got married, and he, was, he said he was miserable in his marriage and he was going to leave his wife. He said he didn't want to be old and miserable. <laughs> So he was going to get out of his marriage, and he was not repentant. So we came after him hard and strong and rebuked him and brought him up in church discipline. Do you see the distinction here? When someone within the church is unrepentant, you want to go after them aggressively. But when someone is repentant and broken, you want to deal with them gently and restore them. But notice the verse again. It says, look out, look out, verse 1. 
Each one looking to yourselves so that you too will not be tempted. When you go to restore your erring brother or sister, let's just say you've had trouble with alcohol, then you probably don't need to go after them in a bar. <laughs> if you have had problems with substance abuse, then you probably don't need to go after your erring, erring sister or brother at a party. You see, when I was young, I was in bondage to sexual morality and, and pornography, and God set me free by His grace. And I want to tell you, over the last 20 plus years of ministry, there is no sin that guys have come to speak to me more about than pornography. I mean, it's been the number one issue that guys, and girls deal with it as well, but mainly guys have come to talk to me about their addiction and bondage to pornography. And when they come and talk about this, early in the days, I think, man, I want to help you. I want to keep you accountable. And one of the ways back in the day, and still today, that you can hold a guy accountable is through software on their computer. Now, the way the software used to work is that as an accountability partner, you would see every single thing they look at on the Internet sent to you. It took me about one day of accountability to squash that. You see that? When you want to help your erring brother or sister, look out that you don't get caught up and go back into the same sin God has freed you from. So we want to go after those who are straying and restore them gently. Now, I hope you don't mind. I want to give you a word of application right now. And I know you like to wait till the end of application. I'm going to give it to you right now. So that may freak you out a bit. It's okay. Listen to this. If there is someone in here that you haven't seen in a while, someone who's been coming to church and you haven't seen them in a while, let me encourage you to contact them today. Maybe they are just sick, all right? But maybe they're drifting from the Lord and they need you to call them and encourage them and perhaps bring them back to the Lord. Think about who that might be. All right, well, let's keep going on with this bearing one another's burdens. Now we move to the general bearing of burdens. Look at verse 2. It says, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For those of you just joining us, you know the gist of Galatians that we've been at for the last 13 weeks is that Paul has been pushing back against the false teachers who endorse faith in Christ plus adherence to the Old Testament law. And Paul has been arguing strongly that it's through faith in Christ that one is saved and not by works. But it's not as if the Christian is without law. Did you notice it there in verse 2? Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. So Christians find themselves under this law of Christ. And you may wonder, what's the law of Christ? Well, the law of Christ is, is everything that Christ has taught. In fact, who he is. And one of the ways that you could sum up the law of Christ in relation to one another is something that Jesus said. He said in Matthew 22, 39, love your neighbor as yourself. Or in this context, it says in verse two, bear one another's burdens. We are talking about a spirit-filled community in action bearing one another's burdens. And I know a lot of you may come from a different backgrounds, and when you hear the idea of spirit-filled, I'm not sure what goes on in your mind. A woman once came up to a pastor in New York, and she said, Pastor, 
We need some more signs and wonders in this church. There's not enough signs and wonders. The Holy Spirit's not moving enough. We need some more signs and wonders. And he pulled her aside and he said, look over there. You see that woman with her children? She just got evicted from her apartment. And I would consider it a sign and a wonder if you would invite her into your house and care for her for the next three months. You see, when we think about spirit-filled, the Holy Spirit was there. We like to think about these grand things. But you know, it's often not spectacular, but it is gritty. It's hard. Spirit-filled community in action. It's going to take all of you corporately and all of you personally. Let me, let me just press this a bit, okay? Because I want to make sure you get what I'm talking about. Corporately. There is a, um, this past summer, there was a little boy in Ohio, two years old, had brain cancer. He was going to die. And his family's like, wow, that, that's, that's devastating. But they wanted to celebrate Christmas with this two-year-old boy, but he was not going to make it to Christmas. So they just decided over the summer, we're going we're gonna to celebrate Christmas with our two-year-old right now. Except they couldn't go to the store and buy decorations because the store doesn't carry Christmas decorations over the summer. So they created a Facebook page, and all these decorations poured in. So they decorated their house in Christmas, the outside of their house. Their neighbors on their block heard about it. So all six of their neighbors at their six houses decorated their house over the summer and Christmas. So when they pulled the little boy around in the wagon, he could see all the Christmas stuff up. And then the town heard about it. And the town decided, we went in on this too. And so the town threw a Christmas parade in September with fire trucks and Santa Claus and carolers and superheroes. Do you see how that community, you see it corporately bearing the burdens of one another? It's going to take all of you. But it's also going to take all of you personally. And it will be gritty and it will be hard and it will take time to bear the burdens of others who may need you to welcome them into your home to share a meal, may need you to listen to them, may need you to help them financially. We're talking about we want to see spirit-filled community action supernaturally. Well, that is some supernatural work through you to bear the burdens of others corporately and personally. Now, here's a little bit of where we are headed in the future of VBC. I know that some of you, when you move to the village, you're looking for a vision for your life. You're kind of wondering, what is next? You're retired. you got a lot of margin in your life. You have a lot of time. You're like, okay, what is God's vision for me? So I'm going to give you an overarching vision. While you're waiting to find this specific vision for you, I'm going to give you an overarching vision for your life. And it goes like this. Be alert to the burdens of others and devote yourself to making them lighter. Be alert to the burdens of others and devote yourself to making them lighter. Maybe someone is still lost, bearing the burden of sin. Devote yourself to pray for them and share the gospel. Maybe someone is struggling with mental illness, physical illness, addiction, family issues. Be alert to the burdens of others 
and devote yourself to make them lighter. And I guarantee you, it will take all of you. Now, I'd like to just, you know, we could just close and be done and say, okay, go bear the burdens of others. But you need to be honest with yourself that there is a lot of things going on in your life that hinders you from engaging others and bearing their burdens. And so I think it's very important as we consider the spirit-filled communion action, we think about what are some of the hindrances? Because if we just obeyed right away, then everything will be fine. But there are hindrances we face personally about bearing the burdens of others. And so as we can continue on with our text, let's consider some of these hindrances. We're going to talk about the lack of self-awareness. We're going to talk about sowing to the flesh. And we're going to talk about weariness. These are the things that hinder us from bearing others' burdens. Start in verse 3 with this lack of self-awareness. Verse 3. For if anyone thinks he is something, anybody in here like that? (laughs) For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, (laughs) he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Maybe someone in the church is thinking very highly of themselves and they are deceived. Maybe they're too superior to bear the burdens of others because probably other people are getting what they deserve. But I believe every single person in here should have a healthy examination of ourselves or we will crush others in pride. Here's a good description of walking in the Spirit. Here's a good one. Sympathy toward others, readiness to criticize oneself. Sympathy towards others, readiness to criticize oneself. But I don't know about you, but I usually flip it. Sympathy towards oneself, readiness to criticize others. Sympathy towards oneself, Readiness to criticize others. Anybody like that? I'm so patient with myself. Not with you. (laughs) Right? I'm so critical of you, but not myself. I mean, you see that, right? There's something in us where we lack self-awareness. We don't get it. We don't understand what's going on inside of us and how we're coming across. And so we don't bear others' burdens. I mean, do you understand what these verses are saying? Like, it says we are to support one another. But if you notice in verse 4, we are not to compete with one another. In verse 5, we're to support one another while appropriately bearing our own loads. And in verse 6, we are to support one another even within the hierarchy of teacher and learner where we are sharing all of our lives. If you do not have a healthy self-awareness of how you come across you will not bear the burdens of others. Our, our culture calls this, you ever heard of this? They call it emotional intelligence or EQ. You've heard of IQ? Well, this is EQ, emotional intelligence. It's the ability to know yourself and how you relate to others. It's an awareness of how you come across. Do you realize how you come across? Ask someone close to you, How do I come across to you? I dare you men in here to ask your wives that question and settle in for the answer. I mean, are you aware of how you come across? 
I mean, are you, are you that person who is, who is always critical of how other people drive, but you are a terrible driver? You just lack self-awareness. Are, are, you, are you kind of that person who's always telling your kids, like, if you, like me, kids, get off electronics, and then you're always electronics. Are you the one that's always griping and telling others to quit griping? Do you have a healthy self-awareness of how you come across? Because if you don't, you will not bear the burdens of others because you, you can't see them. You don't see how you're so caught up in self. And you know what that's called? The Bible calls that pride. The Bible calls that pride. And in this context, for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing. You see the pride? What is needed is humility in order to serve and bear the burdens of others. But if you have no clue of your own pride, then you won't reach out to others. Here's a good description of humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Not telling you to dog yourself or think less of yourself, but think of yourself less so that you can bear the burdens of others. Well, look at another hindrance. Another hindrance to bearing the burdens of others is sowing to the flesh. Look at verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. It's, it's obvious that what you put in the ground as seeds will spring up later. Apple seeds go in the ground. It's not going to give you an orange tree, but an apple tree. The same applies spiritually. You will reap. If you sow to the flesh, then you will get the consequences of sin. If you sow to the Spirit, then you will reap things pertaining to eternal life. What you put in will come up. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What that means is that you cannot continue to sow habitual sin and think that there will not be consequences, to think there will not be discipline, to think that there will not be judgment. God will not be mocked. But we want to be those who sow to the Spirit and not the flesh. I have something really good for you. I want to put this up by John Stott. He said this. I'll put it in your bulletin too. It says, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. I'm going to say it again. Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. This is not just for your own personal holiness. This is so that you can serve and bear the burdens of others. You've got to see what you're throwing out there. What seed is going out there? Is it for righteousness or for sin? Think about these things. And lastly, the one that we're all familiar with that can hinder us from serving others is weariness. And I know some of you are weary right now in caring for others, and you feel it. Look at verse 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. 
To tip you off where we're going to start going in 2019, our upcoming vision, it has to do with loving others, or as it expressed here, let us do good to all people. Yes, we're to lean in the direction of the household of faith, but our intentional acts of love are to spread out to all. But if you also notice that a hindrance will often be to lose heart and to grow weary. And if you've never experienced that before, then you've never served other people before. Because when you start getting mixed up in the lives of others who are hurting and you want to bear their burdens, I guarantee you there will be seasons where you grow weary. Back in Chicago, uh, our small group was trying to care for a, a, a two people on our block. There was this a girl in her 30s, very successful. Then something happened where she had severe brain damage. And her elderly mom was trying to care for her. And so we decided as a small group that we were going to jump in there, do some watching of hers, bringing over food, grocery shopping. And we were, we were pretty consistent for about one to two years. But then our small group grew weary because the one that we were caring for, the girl in her 30s, she at times was very difficult to deal with. And the elderly mom was about twice as difficult to deal with. Don't, don't you just wish that when you serve to other people, they recognize that you're there to serve them and they need to be nice to you. But often when you serve other people, it's not the case. And you're like, I don't want to do anything again. And so you cut it off. You grow weary and you quit. And the Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good. Hang in there. Because if you hang in there, it says, you'll reap. You'll reap a harvest. You will reap a harvest. Like, I want, I'm ready to reap the harvest. Maybe you'll reap seeing someone come to Christ. Maybe you'll reap seeing someone change their life. You ever see someone keep going back to their sin over and over and over again? You're like, oh, I'm bearing with you. Please walk with the Lord. And then one day, comes two and three and then there's a season where they start to walk with the Lord and you're like I'm reaping a harvest and that's what we want we want to reap a harvest and seeing people change maybe be healed but often more often what's going to happen is the harvest is going to be you changing God's going to change you and you'll reap some of that on this earth and you'll reap that for eternity I'm hoping that you're seeing that this spirit-filled community and action is really gritty and it's on the ground stuff and it's going to take all of you. And it's going to take all of you. And you say, well, how is this possible? How can we really do this? Well, let me tell you about one who bore your burden. His name is Jesus Christ. He bore your sin burden all the way to the cross. And when you woke up this morning with your daily burdens, he doesn't say, well, I already bore your sin burden. I'm not going to deal with your daily burdens too. No, he bears your burdens daily. And you think about the self-awareness of Jesus. He knows that he is perfect, and yet he still bears with you and suffers long with you and wants to see fruit displayed in your life. And every single day, God is working for your good and for his glory. 
And so we can in turn bear the burdens of others because we know we will always have one who bears our burdens. And that's the good news. And we want to see this spirit-filled community in action. It's going to be hard. It's going to be gritty. But that's exactly what Christ has done for us. He came down to bear our sin. Now, I think it's very important for you to have no illusions that things are going to be really easy in caring for others and bearing their burdens because at times it's going to be very difficult. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you a story here at the end that kind of brings this together, and the story may make you uncomfortable. Good. Because that's exactly what it's like, bearing the burdens of others. It can be very uncomfortable. But I want to show you the extent of love that we are displaying. Many, many years ago, a friend of mine met this guy. And he started loving him and encouraging him and building him up. And so this guy came to our church in, in, in Chicago. And I became friends with this guy as well. And he was involved in our prayer ministry. He was involved in small groups. He was a very uh, encouraging guy. And we saw him starting to take steps of walking with the Lord. But I want you to know that this guy had a lot of strikes against him. When I say strikes against him, I mean the world considered him an outcast for a variety of reasons. And we as a church and as individuals were trying to love him and push through all those strikes. Let me tell you some of the strikes against him, okay? Stick with me. Strike one, he was poor. That was no problem with us. I mean, that's, the world can ostracize it, but he was, he was poor, and people loved him, and many took him out for meals and helped him with some needs. Strike two, according to the world, he was an ex-con. He's very open about his story, and people still loved him. You're like, okay. I mean, could you bear the burdens of someone like that so far? Okay, poor, except so far, so good. Strike three, he was on the sexual predator database. People still loved him. Of course, they proceeded with wisdom, but still prayed and got in the word with him. So he's in a loving community, going to church, in the prayer group, and a lot of people in his life. Then, all of a sudden, he went back to his old life. Strike four, he got caught up in drugs again. People in the church still loved him and went after him. Strike five, he got involved in homosexual prostitution. People in our church still loved him and went after him. In fact, me and this guy, we found out where the, he was at, and we hunted him down, <laughs> went to this house he was at, cornered him in the house, started talking to him, and he's breaking down in front of us, crying, telling us how he wants to get out of this lifestyle. He wants to walk with the Lord. He's broken right in front of us. And then, no joke, his handler comes in and kicks us out. So we get kicked out. And he, I, I really truly believe he was like held a hostage there. They had him drugged up. They were abusing him for a variety. He was a hostage. And so I call the cops. And I say, hey, 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 there is this guy. Here is his address. He's a hostage. Go get him. And they're like, sorry, <laughs> there's nothing we can do about it. He's an adult. I'm like, no, he is a hostage. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's going to die in there. He's so caught up in drugs and sin, he's going to die. And I could not get him out of there. And so then I, I had to do 
what only I had left to do. And then I told the cops, I said, hey, he is an unreporting sexual offender. They're like, oh, what was that address again? Busted in, arrested him, took him to jail. And I decide, several weeks pass, I'm gonna go visit him in jail. I, I'm thinking, oh no, this guy's gonna be so mad at me because I'm responsible for putting him in jail. So I go to jail, sit down in front of him, picks up the phone, talking to him through the glass. He's like, did you report me? <laughs> yes, it was me. He said, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, and thank, thank the church for following up. Thank you for people loving you. Thank you. He was like crying. Thank you, thank you. And then several months later, he gets out. And of course, he's in some rehab. He's doing all this. And one day, I'm driving, riding my bike along a path, and there he is. He's looking sober. He's looking free. He's involved with the church. His brothers, he's growing, Lord. He's glowing. He's glowing. And we as a church, we're just praising God. Do you see that when you step out of yourself and start looking for the burdens of others, you never know what you may reap. So I'm gonna tell you this week going into the new year and as we hit the new year, be alert to the burdens of others and do everything you can to make them lighter. It will take all of you and it will take all of you. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.